Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the High Vibe Alchemist podcast. My name is Tony, and I am your host. Welcome in if you're new here, and if you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast. If you want to help support this offering, please leave a five-star review for me on iTunes. It just helps listeners find us in the world of algorithms. Today, I'm publishing a two-part episode featuring two wonderful women currently working as doulas. If the term doula is new to you, the concept of what these allies do will not be. Doulas are individuals who provide physical, energetic, emotional, and informational support to anyone experiencing a transformative or transitional process. That is my personal upgrade to the general definition of a woman providing emotional support to a woman during pregnancy and or birth. The concept of a mother having another woman support and assist her during pregnancy is a historical truth dating back thousands of years and across many cultures. The term doula is said to come from the ancient Greek word, a woman who serves, but was more recently adopted in the 1960s by a movement of women who wanted to return to the process of natural birthing without the use of medicated intervention. These women sought out others who had practical and trained knowledge and experience of pregnancy and birthing to support them in their journey through childbirth. Presently, the work of a doula can and often does extend to other areas of transformation or transition, namely now in abortion or post-abortion, miscarriages, end of life, death or dying. So I've included in my definition more of the breadth and depth of the work being done. In this present time, where our norms of social interaction are changing, the avenues of personal advocacy are vital tools for coping and thriving as we adapt to new conditions. So many women are now being forced to give birth alone to protect the health of all involved. Fathers are not being allowed to attend their partners in the birthing room. Family members are not able to physically show up and support in numbers as they would normally do so. So a lot of that early connection and bonding through social interaction has been drastically altered overnight. These mothers and these families need support. And I will also note that although the above conditions stated are not new to incarcerated women, it should become ever more present in the forefront of our consciousness that for some women and families, this has been the reality. We should consider what that reflects upon us as only having a renewed concern now that it's affecting those that are not incarcerated. My first guest in this two-part episode is Sasha Garcia. Sasha is a Latina woman with ties to New York and Virginia, an empath, writer, and now trained birthing doula, Sasha shares her story about her journey to recognizing a calling to the work in this space, how her experiences shaped her understanding of the importance of this work, and why she feels so passionate about being an advocate for women and mothers everywhere. In the time of social distancing, we recorded this interview via phone, so I apologize for some of the audio quality, but the message is clear. Let's dive in. Hi, Sasha. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for taking my call and uh, joining me as a little guest here. Uh, I'm so happy that I think uh, Mel, who's a mutual follower of ours, put me in touch with you. And um, so I'm super excited. First question, a little bit about your story and how you came to being a doula. By nature. Okay. Um, So I've always felt everything since I was a kid. That in turn turned me into a writer so I I I write as well um and I wanted to implement or be a part of the woman and her birthing process um I used to watch doulas and I used to used to work for a chiropractor who actually got me into it um she's a holistic uh chiropractor in the city um and she was like 
I had gotten a scholarship to do a doula program somewhere else. Um, and she was like, no, I don't, I don't know if you should go with that. I think you should go with Mama Glow, which is Latham Thomas's um, doula program. She is a woman of color um, and connected because I saw brown and black women in the room. And I was like, I, that's where I want to get my certification. That, that's where I want it to be. I ended up leaving there, but it was just the most liberating experience to have a boss help you with something like that and push you to um do exactly what you're called to do so at the end of the day I always feel like I've been called to do this that's type amazing of work. yeah I I've, I speak about calling a lot and I think that it seems like you at least were able to pick up on that very quickly where a lot of us because of uh social stigma and upbringings like we learn to suppress that kind of intuition from a very early age. So it's great. It's interesting. And it's really great to hear that you send something in yourself and you went with it. Um, also that like fate and life puts you in per- certain positions, right? Because like you were just, you got introduced to certain things that allowed you to step into that. So that's a like beautiful journey. So you said you were staying in the city. I think you're located in Virginia. Do I have that right? Yes. I moved to Virginia in October, actually, before all Yeah? Did you grow up in Virginia or are you from somewhere else? I moved here when I was 12. I was back and forth to the city from middle school to high school. Um, And then I officially moved to um, New York as an adult when Ah, I turned 27 for two years. Yeah, I have some good friends from college (laughs) who are born and raised in Virginia. But that's really great. So most of the work that you're concentrating on now would be in kind of that Virginia area. So what do you think is so important about the doula experience, particularly because you mentioned um, with women of color and our community, what do you think is so important about that work? Well, you know, the the statistics are Black women are three to four times more likely to die from pregnancy-related issues than white women. I think that's important. Um, I think that's important to understand how the same medical practices need to be implemented with our Black and brown women. I work, I've been in the medical field since I was 16 doing administrative assisting and medical reception. So throughout the years, I've been able to like understand where patients and, you know, where where they're coming from emotionally. And I worked at an OBGYN office, a black OBGYN office actually, um, for a few months and realized how much women that are pregnant, they don't know a lot. They're not educated. They don't have outlets. You know, they don't have people to direct them in the way that they need to be, you know, directed. My cousin recently had her baby five months ago, and it was very traumatizing for her because mm-hmm. no one listened. And I find that because no one has that advo- advocacy, they're not asking questions. So they're allowing, you know, women are allowing people to just do whatever they want. And it sucks. And so that's kind of how you know, I got into this work as well, because it was just like, I want to be an advocate for that person. Because, you know, the New York comes out of me in two <laughs> seconds. And I'm just like, nah, you got to listen. <laughs> We're yes. going to do. And that is so important to me, because I got my passion and my empathy from my mother. Um, and when she was telling me her birth story, it broke my heart. <laughs> and she had, a, and she had a better birth story with my brother than she had with me. You know, she had me in a room, no one was there, they rushed her to have the baby and they basically like tied her to the bed (laughs) and that was in New York so I just that it it just resonates so much with me that people women really need to be educated on what's going on and it's okay to ask questions absolutely I mean we all know like statistically women are like less likely to even be 
taken seriously by their doctors or by other people in general, but the percentage just goes up astronomically when you add people of color and minorities to that. So I think that's an excellent point that you brought up. Um, so I remember you speaking earlier about the fact that you are an empath. And just for those of us, our listeners who don't really know what that means, what does being an empath mean to you? And at what age do you feel like you recognize that in yourself? Oh, an empath. I feel mm-hmm. all the feels. <laughs> I can go in a room and I can say, oh, I can hear. Like immediately, I don't have to converse with anyone. I don't have to, you know speak I, I just feel it I have a, a stepson so he kind of like enabled that even more because mm-hmm. I didn't want him to be around people that were no good for his spirit and his energy um so now I'm like now as, as, as I've gotten older I'm like oh yeah no you're not good for me and I really think that um being an empath has allowed me to like mm-hmm. love wholeheartedly so how do you feel like your energy is involved in your work my doula name I'm doing the air quotations, <laughs> is the um, the soul doula. Um, everything that I do when it comes to me being a doula, it takes soul work. It takes someone to actually get out of themselves in order to be attentive to the mother. Um, I want to be able to be in a room with the mother and she just feels how calm I am so that she doesn't have to worry about the noise or the people in the background or the nurses um, and staff that you know keep disregarding her feelings. How involved are you with the mother in terms of like how far in advance do you get involved um, during a pregnancy or uh, when you're there at childbirth or you're talking about being like at doctor visits? Um, how do those typically function as a, that role as a doula? In my visioning, <laughs> I want to be there at about 24 to 32 weeks. Um, and I want to go to at least two prenatal appointments. For me, it's more about like helping them to understand. And if they need me, I want to be that person. I don't. I kind of don't want to put a limit on it, but you know, you have to because at, at the end of the day, it is energy work. Um, it can get exhausting. When what I see myself as far as the delivery goes, I do want to be in the room with them. I want to diffuse essential mm-hmm. oils because I do also do doTERRA oils. I'm a wellness advocate and I want to implement that as well. And just calm the mom. Like, it's so important that I, the, the way that I saw my cousin go through her pregnancy, it was just chaotic. It was, it was too much. It, she couldn't concentrate. She wasn't calm. She ended up having an emergency C-section. And if, if it's up to me and mm-hmm. there are no medical complications, I would love for every mother to experience childbirth naturally. And in order to do that, you have to, like, be there to understand, you know, this is what I want. This is what I need to implement. This is what, you know, what I desire to do. A mm-hmm, lot of people mm-hmm. ignore that, even the partners. And that's okay because they're just like, I just want you to be okay. Um, but in my work, that's definitely something that I want to implement because I, I, people tend to just forget about the mom. They see the baby and things like that. And oh my God. And then, you know, I wanted to start getting into postpartum work as well. So I want to start making broths yeah. and things for the mother and nursing the mother as well because we forget about the mom. Um, and how important for it is you know, for the yeah. mom to be healthy for, you know, the baby. My cousin still, it's yeah. exactly, my cousin's still five months later, still suffering po- from postpartum depression. Um, and it saddens me because it's just like, I, I see it and I wish that I could have been there for her. But at that time, the hospitals, they don't allow like a certain amount of people. So I was like, okay, I, I'm not officially your doula, but 
I would try and talk you through the process. And it was just really difficult because I see her now and I'm just like, she's a wonderful mother, but you could just see no one took the time to take That's super important work. Sounds like you were a person who was privy or was there for certain experiences as a witness. And that just drove you to step up and fill a gap that's definitely apparent and there. I speak a lot of times about when you find what your calling is. It's not like this, you know, the gates of heaven open up and you're just like, oh, I've found it. I've nothing to do ever again. It's actually can be a very scary realization and you understand the weight of your commitment to it if you're going to follow through on that. When you realized that this was something that you want to do, did you have any feelings like that? Or did you um, just feel like, oh, no, this is exactly what I'm going to do. And I'm just going to go headstrong into it. You know, what would what would you say was kind of like your moment? Um, I was terrified. (laughs) I was terrified because it's like, oh, my goodness, like somebody's trusting me enough to be a part of me. And while I feel so humble, humble about it, I'm just like, Oh my God, this is kind of (laughs) scary. Um, and I've never, um, I've seen videos and things like that, but seeing a child naturally, you know, birth, it's, it's different a lot. It's euphoric. And when I did my, my level one doula, doula course, um, I did it May of last year. It was the most spiritually, I, it was just, it was the, I had a natural high the whole entire weekend. It was the most invigorating, like, and anytime somebody mm-hmm. asks me, oh, how did you become a doula or who did you go with? I tell them, I'm like, I went with Mama Glow. Like I literally had the most invigorating That's experience. Amazing. It was like that you tapped into something that you didn't know you could tap into. Right. And it was right then and there. And I was like, this is my confirmation. So um, you also mentioned that you're a writer. So <laughs> I, I did see that you have two books or you have a second book coming out. Yeah. Great. Congrats. <laughs> Your poetry helped you, Thank you kind of evolve, do you feel? Because I'm a yeah. big person who's always mm-hmm. talking about writing. I've been writing since I was about 12 years old. So I, I you know, as I grew up in an all-Latina household. <laughs> um, my mother is Puerto Rican, and I was everything was very strict. So I dedicated like all like that as my outlet. And as I got older, and I was and I was married, mm. um, and then I got divorced, and it was just, my first book, Healing the Soul, was after my divorce. Um, while I feel like it tapped into a certain it's part beautiful. of my life, the second book was where you could definitely see the growth from there, and I. When I released that book and my personalized book sold out in two hours, I cried because it was just an emotional like joy that I couldn't like pinpoint. And I was just like, oh, my. And then for people, strangers, I don't, strangers, I don't even know, <laughs> like contact me. And they're just like, thank you. Thank you for sharing your work. Thank you for doing this. Like, I don't I couldn't find the word to say how I felt. It just it, it, it speaks a lot to my heart because I at one point couldn't even hold the conversation with a person. And for my poetry to advance mm-hmm. so quickly and to be able to communicate with people and talk to them. About yeah, my that's feelings, a big, it's it a, took big a lot. Space. Anything it's so where you're offering up the intimate part of yourself for public view and public consumption. Um, it is the scariest thing that you could probably do. But as you said, when you receive that um, communication and that confirmation that it's reaching other people and it's meeting some other story with them, that that is actually the greatest reward of, you know, stepping up and stepping out into that space. So that's really beautiful. Um, I definitely will encourage all of our listeners to, to check out your work. Anything else that you wanted to add to 
that they, you think is important for people to know about the work that you're getting into and if someone wants to be involved like what do they feel what do you feel like are some good places to start to ask questions always ask questions don't feel like any question is too dumb or you know I, I had times where I was like I don't know if this is a dumb question but I'm gonna figure it out um because then we sit there and we we sit in kind of like this our thoughts like should I have asked this question? And I feel like asking questions is so important. Do your research. If you um, can find someone that's close to you that knows somebody that knows somebody, like there's always somebody that knows something. Um, do that. that. That's so important. That's so important. Read. I know there's a lot of women out there that don't like to read um, maternity books or pregnancy books or anything like that because they feel like it has to be exactly like that. But it's important to understand the process you're going through. There's a lot of moms out here that ha have the ability to have that platform. And honestly, Mama Glow on um, their Instagram, they're so informative. There's so many webinars and things like that. What we research and making sure that it is transparent and factual is really going to dictate how we lead our lives in the future and how we interconnect with one another on a personal mm -hmm. level, but also just as a global community at large. So I think that's spot on in terms of where we're headed. And you're absolutely right. Be you can make your own choices and everyone's empowered with self-agency, but you need to make sure that you have the facts. You know, you can't just <laughs> you can't just walk into something blind. So I think it's great that that you mentioned that. So for yeah. the time being, until you start um, getting running up and running with full-time clients, where can we find you? Is it um, on Instagram? On my Instagram, uh, I'm currently in the process of getting a new one for my doula, but my Instagram is lovewritesasha. We'll check you out on G and IG, and your page is absolutely beautiful, by the way. Your content is amazing, so keep that up. Hope we have you back again soon, and we will definitely keep up with you and all the oncomings and goings of Virginia. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you so much again, Sasha. Sasha touched on some major themes and ideas here, and you can hear how vested she is in the education of mothers and her advocacy for them. Education is power, as Sasha mentioned. The CDC estimates that approximately 700 women die in childbirth each year. For every 100,000 births in 2018, 17.4 childbirth deaths took place as a result of maternal deaths. For Black mothers, they are dying at a rate two and a half times greater than white mothers. Sasha mentions the contributing factor of the lack of information surrounding a mother's rights when engaging in traditional allopathic medicine, as well as a general void from the fear of asking questions. We need to listen to our instincts as women and mothers. We are conditioned to not ask questions. So I hope this brief but important conversation helps someone currently on this journey in any way. To discover more about Sasha and her work, visit her on her Instagram page at lovewritesasha. Sasha is also a poet with two books currently available, as she has mentioned. The links to these two offerings are in the bio of her profile on IG. One final thought on this conversation with Sasha is to call attention to the importance of the journey. Her experiences and work before her recognition of her calling or passion informed that recognition of her passion. I don't think that this is highlighted enough in conversations surrounding self-discovery, reinvention, pivoting, whatever and however you want to define it. Often, if you look through your life and past experiences, there were and are in present day activities, indicators of what lights you up. Don't take for granted the work you have done or you are doing, no matter how mundane the task may seem. 
If you look for the clues, they can lead you to a moment as they did for Sasha. This is why I think it's so important to talk about being on the journey and not just how you get to the destination. Sasha is building her practice, so if you or someone you know would be helped by her offerings, reach out to her and support her. I will be leaving all her info in the show notes of this episode, as well as in the upcoming community newsletter later this month. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. Again, if you found the conversation helpful, subscribe for more to come in the future. Right now, you can listen to part two of this episode as we explore the work of caring for the end of life and the dying. It's a beautiful exploratory ride. Thanks again, and bye for now.